Hi, this is Amanda Dolan, and welcome to the Mental Society. Today, I am joined by Amy Valentine, like Valentine, right? Um, Amy is an accredited mental well-being coach, speaker, and author. As a coach, Amy supports clients who struggle with anxiety, overwhelm, and high stress, um, and get ready to experience a calm, clear, and more connected life. Amy also hosts the podcast Power to the People Pleasers, um, which will empower people that often put themselves last. And I know I have been guilty of that. She's also shared wellness web webinars for companies all across Canada. There's a whole long list. And I'm going to put those in the notes so that you can see how awesome she is. Um, and then she also is um, an Amazon bestseller who has written about everything from business life in the universe to poop which I love that there's both extremes. Um, and again, I will make sure that you guys have at, like access to the links for those books um, in the show notes. So Amy, thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, and so when I was first, you know, looking through your things and when we talked, um, wellness for you and for your clients is so much more than just eating and exercising. So how would you define well-being? That state of health, happiness, and connection. So all of those pieces combined, feeling at a level of health for yourself, where you're you're really happy with that, happiness, you're connected to that, and connection, where you have that connection to yourself and others. And I know for me, that connection piece sometimes is the most important piece for my wellness. Um, and I say that because when I'm connected, I'm in a better mood. I have people to encourage me to do those other things or be my cheerleader mm. when I do them. Um, and so one, for example, is like, I like to lift weights at the gym not like super skinny or like the strongest person out there, but it's something I love to do. And um, one of my favorite things is that I go the same time every day and I have my gym buddies. Oh. I don't know any of their names. <laughs> love it. But we're there and like, you know, we help each other. You're the people. And, and so like when you think of that and like, diet and exercise, or I don't always love exercise. I prefer movement because same, same. Um, but when it comes to being consistent with how we nourish our bodies and exercise, how does that connection play into that? Well, I think you just said that one of the things is that that piece of accountability, right? Knowing that there are individuals who you're going to see when you show up, whether you know their names or not. There's part of us that look forward to that piece, right? Yeah. But there's also, there's this quiet accountability. I, I watch after uh, I've I've been in to do a wellness workshop, for example, at a company, and people will message me talking about how they're maintaining the habits that they learned. And part of it is because there's this silent accountability that now they all have this common language and frame of mind that they're they're making their choices from when it comes to eating. So I might talk about 
you know, having a bit more fruits and vegetables uh, at that lunchtime meal where they're all sitting around the the office. And and prior to that conversation and that that workshop, individuals may not have thought much about what they were eating in front of people or, you know, it didn't really matter. But now they're quietly holding each other accountable to, you know, you mentioned that you wanted to eat more vegetables. Good job on having that apple. And they're they're cheering each other on in having those new milestones and steps in their life. So I think part of it is the the community, the connection pieces, having other people to lean on to say, you know, I've I've made this this goal to have a bit more fruits and veggies at the at work. Uh-huh. What do you say? You just give me a high five every time you see me doing that, right? We don't have to uh, use it as negative uh, energy, right? We don't, don't want to hear, oh, a crappy meal this time, right? But uh, when we are doing those positive behavior, having that uh, connection can really be powerful. Those are the two big things. But also having, you know, people that you can talk to when you're feeling stress, people uh-huh. that you can talk to when you're having uh, those those lower energy days, right? Uh, Or lower mental uh, energy. What I mean, like you're feeling anxious, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling the the spiral starting that you can go and have a a quick conversation. And I like to usually say, uh, when I'm about to to dump my spiral on someone, I'll I'll say, can I, can I have a few minutes to vent, you know, asking for that space, because Uh some people may not have the space to hold for you, right? But so just saying, you know, hey, I, I could really use a moment to vent about this. Do you have a couple of minutes? And then we've both mutually agreed that we can be that person for each other, right? right? That's a big part of connection and, and helping us with our mental well-being for sure. And I think you touched on it as well. Sometimes when you need that support or that venting, like, I don't want you to tell me how to fix it. I don't right. want you to... Tell me, well, if you just ate this, then you would stay on track. I just need to get all of that out. Frustration, yeah. When we hold on to it too, it gets in our way. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, like, for me, I hurt my shoulder in the gym. Um, this this was a while ago. I also swam a lot, and I'm sure that didn't help. Um, and I stopped going to the gym. Um, and then I finally went to the doctor and got it checked out. And, but I had a hard time getting back to the gym, even once it started feeling better. And so I reached out to people to be accountable to, I was like, I don't want you to ask, you know, and like browbeat me, mm-hmm. but will you check in and just say, Hey, have you been to the gym? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, don't, well, when are you going to go? Just no other questions needed. (laughs) Like that's all I need. And for me, it's not from a place of like shame. Like if I say no, it's not like, oh, they're going to extra guilt. Yeah. Hold me like, think I'm a bad person, but there's something right about that being accountable Mm -hmm. because for me, I'm more likely to go to the gym. (laughs) I'm going to have to answer yes Mm -hmm. or no. Most people are. And, um, and the great thing is I have three people kind of that are my gym accountability people on the outside. Um, and I will send them a selfie from the gym. I don't I mean, it's not about looking cute. It's not like a fun, you know, mirror, but it's <laughs> like, a look, I'm here. You're here and sweaty. <laughs> and that's all that I want you to know. Yes. Um, and 
getting that cheerleading too while I'm at the gym because usually they'll respond um, while I'm there, even if it's just a, you know, a love the picture or whatever. Um, so that encouragement with your clients um, and after wellness um, seminars, do you think that like that kind of cheerleading can really like, how does that affect how we stick to those habits? I, you know, there's two layers. One, having external cheerleading, having someone who is there to be your mm -hmm. your person, to give you that positive uh, feedback, constructive feedback. I also encourage on the both sides, but the person to be there to say, yes, way to go, Amanda, way to be at the gym mm -hmm. or a heart on the picture, right? That's really, really big. Um, I, I also really love helping clients to become their own cheerleader, to step into this place of celebrating ourselves more often, not looking for that external mm -hmm. thing on the outside, although that is a can be a big piece of it, can be very, very helpful, a, a great part of the, the puzzle. But imagine if we all weren't looking for external validation all the time, right? Imagine if you know, the idea Mel Robbins high five habit, right? That we walk by the the mirror and we give ourselves a high five just, just for being ourselves, right? The idea of celebrating ourselves. I have this belief that we grew up in this state, right? We were children and people in our, our sphere for many people, but not all, for many people heard, you know, good job, way to go, you know, and then we got older Mm -hmm. And we had less and less people saying, good job, way to go, right? You know, yeah. we didn't get the participation ribbons as long, not that I love those, but less and less uh, acknowledgement of what's happening. So it, it became on our own shoulders to do mm -hmm. it, but nobody taught us how to do it. Nobody told us we would need right. to do it, <laughs> right? And all of a sudden we're adults and all we know is that we no longer get that and it's missing from our life. Right. Right. So that's one of the big things that I love to talk about, too, is this idea of how can we do these small things again, like Mel Robbins high five. I like using the idea of really having celebration boards or celebration areas in our house mm -hmm. where we uh, we keep track of for ourselves things and they are micro things and big things. So I, I have a, what I call my habit tracker. Mm -hmm. that this is, yeah. and so people that, you know, are listening to this, not watching it. When you look at this, there are literally things on here that are make my bed and eat breakfast and take my medicine. Like these are not big things that are hard, but for me, they're things that I struggle with. Um, and I have ADHD and then, you know, taking my medicine is hard. And then on top of that, my medicine makes it hard for me to eat because, you know, it's a cycle of all the things. Yeah, all um, the things. And so for me, as silly as it may sound, checking off that I made my bed in the morning, that feels good. And so awesome. the more check marks I see, the more I'm like, look at all the things I've done. Yes. And the thing is, I could easily look at it and be like, oh my gosh, look at all the days I missed. Mm. But instead I look at it as like, oh my gosh, look at all of the 
look how many times I did. Yes. Um, and that's another thing that I do on my weekly to-do list that my daughter thinks it's hilarious, but I have a, you know, I have a check marks, all of that, but I also have a things I did this week. Yeah. And sometimes it's those little celebrations Mm -hmm. and seeing how much you really did accomplish that shifts that mindset and also reinforces those habits that we are trying to build. So would you talk a little more about habits too and how that impacts Mm. our continued wellness? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So there are there are many habits, right? I like to boil it down to uh, nutrition habits, movement. I also use that word as well, because I think exercise, that word can, can be a, a negative for some people. Mm-hmm. So nutrition or nutrients, nourishment, you can use any of those words, right? How we're fueling our movement, sleep, water and stress management. Those are the main habit areas that I would be supporting most people on. Um, One of the easiest tips that I would give people is pick one or two things, one or two, unless you're going to do that beautiful tracking list like you have, Amanda, where you actually can, can have, I think, more success because you're paying real attention to it. But we're all so busy. We're we're bombarded constantly with so many things. So we want to make new habits, let's say, in our nutrients, in our nourishment, and in our movement, picking one or two things total, not from each category, total, that we're going to add into our already very busy day. And really thinking through, number one, how can we pair that thing with something we already do without thinking about it? Right. So if the movement piece is something that you're keen to to take on, I often say to people, you know, if you haven't been moving your body much and you want to start doing something, I am a big fan of wall push ups, especially for people who have been very sedentary. Let's start with something easy. So you already lift weights, Amanda. So maybe that's not the thing for you. But if you have been, if a person has been sedentary for a long period of time, we got to gradually work people in or they're going to get injured. They're going to feel so sore. They're not going to continue. Right. right? So I want to help people have a win. I want to help people have things to celebrate quickly. Right. So I say, what if you decided that your habit today or starting today is going to be 10 wall push-ups? Or maybe if you feel that you're capable and ready, they can be off the countertop. Or you go off the stairs and you go to a gradual level of stair that feels good for you. Or, you know, really you could go from your knees or from a, a regular push-up. The point is we're not judging ourselves. The point is we are moving our body and that's the celebration, right? So let's just imagine, I said, okay, well, let's do 10 push-ups and you might think or somebody might think well that's not going to do much okay well let's let's take it in, in a different approach right what if you decided to commit to 10 push-ups a day for 30 days do you think 300 push-ups would make a difference yes yes we're starting to move our body we're getting excited we're noticing we can do it so we pair the push-up with every time we go to the toilet So every time you go to the toilet, you turn over the counter or you turn to the wall that's right beside the toilet and you do 10 wall pushups. Now, 
how are you going to make your more, yourself more successful in following through with this? Because if I walk into my bathroom right now, I may or may not remember to do my, my wall push-ups. But if I put a note on the mirror, wall push-ups. If I put a note above the toilet, wall push-ups. If I, how can you right. help yourself be more successful at creating that habit, right? It's thinking about what are the, the barriers to me being successful with that? And most of the time, it's remembering that's a, that this is a new goal. Right. Oh, I trust me. I, I live that. Um, right. Which is why I have my habit tracker and I have reminders in my calendar for, for things like that. Um, but I think what you said, having such a, such a small, I, I don't love that. I just said that, but having small, yes, small. Like habits makes it so much easier to mm-hmm. be consistent. Yes. And then you get excited because you've done the 10 and you tell your friend, I just did 10. And they're like, oh, 10, that's not very good. And you say, listen, I'm doing 10 tomorrow too. Right. And you get this excitement build. And then maybe even if you're doing it in the bathroom, right, maybe after a week, you see that and you're like, oh, I'm going to try to do another 10, even though this is the second time. And again, it's these little things. But you're right with that, especially when it comes to movement. Mm-hmm. If I decided, you know, I want to run a marathon. And so I'm going to go run a marathon today. Yeah. I mean, I'm, maybe maybe I could finish 26.2 miles. I, I don't know that I could, but maybe. The reality is it's going to take me a long time. I'm going to get frustrated. I might get injured because my body is not. I would get that. injured. <laughs> um, That's a long way. Now, that being said, while I couldn't run a marathon probably ever to save my life, I'm just not built for that. I did a half marathon. I did it and then I was good. But my sister runs marathons regularly. And I would say that she probably stays in mostly marathon shape most of the time. And so for me to say to her, hey, like Miriam, go run a marathon tomorrow. She'd be like... Wait, hang on. Let me look at my schedule. Do I have four hours to put in? Not like a, where if someone said that to me, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. (laughs) Literally, but I'd be scared. And so starting where you're at, instead Mm -hmm. of starting where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Or where you used to be. Oh, yeah. Right. So many of us are in this state. I mean, I know for sure I am. I, I still feel like I'm 25, 27, but I'm clearly not that age anymore. I'm 42. So I, but I am not the same as I was back then. (laughs) But we, we often fall into that trap of, well, I used to be able to do this. I used to be able to, okay, that's wonderful. And let's celebrate that. Let's use that as fuel and proof. (laughs) And our bodies change as we age and as women when we have children babies (laughs) things in our body just change it's not good or bad they're just different and so if we tried to for me if I tried to jump on a trampoline for 30 minutes like things stuff is happening like you know (laughs) whereas you know now like I you know I can go to the gym and lift weights so amazing. But a year ago or two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to. And it's fun being like, I enjoy the gym. Um, I can't remember if I shared this with you, but it's also little things that bring me great joy. Like a few months ago, 
I live in a college town and there was a young guy, early twenties, clearly new at the gym. And I'm so excited. He was there. He was on the leg press machine and I was about to need it. And I was like, you know, the, the, Hey, how many more sets do you have? And he told me, and I was like, cool. I'll be right back. Will you just leave the weights on for me? And he was like, Oh no, like I'll take them off for you. I was like, no, it's fine. And he walked away. And after he walked away, I added weight. And he kind of gave me this sideways look like you're a kind of like you're middle-aged chubby mom. Like, what are you doing leg pressing over 300 pounds? Amazing. I'm strong. And there's something kind of fun too about having people underestimate you as a woman, I think, which is a whole other conversation. But also when you see that, like when you see Mm -hmm. that you have impressed someone with the progress that you've made, because I assure you that when I started, I did not do a 300 pound leg press. Yeah. I believe it was 90. People don't. <laughs> you know, like it's, it took some time. And so that's the thing is if I, two years ago, when I did a leg press of 90, I was like, oh, this isn't good enough. I should just do 300. Mm-hmm. One, I would likely fail. And you get really injured. And then I'm not going to want to keep going. Yeah. And I think that's like, so when we fail creating habits, how does that impact our next habit that we try to create? Well, there's an opportunity for people who have a growth mindset. So if you have a growth mindset, the failure is the learning, right? What did you learn from that moment? Right. What, what can you take away from that that will help you be better the next time you're setting a habit, the next time you're setting a goal, what will make you stronger and more likely to succeed? What did you learn? If you have a, the mindset that isn't growth, right. That is closed. Creating habits is going to be tricky Mm -hmm. because you're going to hold yourself back. Right. Um, So that's where I would invite people to, to ask a new question, right? Because we can all shift in the in the mindset that we have is to ask a new question of, is this true what I'm telling myself? Is this true that I failed and I'll always be a failure? Do you want to believe that it's true? Is it true? No. Well, what can we learn? And perhaps it's that habit was too big for yeah, right That's now. your learning. Yeah. Um, and also, like you said, you know, in the failure, there's the learning. And it makes me think of like in the gym, sometimes you lift till failure and it's mm. painful and it's uncomfortable and you've got that like shake and sweat dripping. But that's also when the growth happens. Like truly, that's when like the muscle breaks down so that it can rebuild and grow bigger and stronger. And I think that sometimes we as humans, are the same way. Sometimes we have to go through the hard stuff. Yes. So that we can be stronger to go through the next hard thing. Yeah. That's where Um, we build resilience, right? And it's also like in the gym, somebody spotting you and having someone there for the just in case you may not need that person. That's kind of like where you come in as a coach, like you're just there Like, I'm going to support you and help you along the way. 
yeah. gotcha if you need me, but really I don't want you to need me in the long run. Mm-hmm. That's because that's how I often work is yeah. I want you to not need me. Like I want you yeah. to learn all of these things on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that for me, like I fairly recently quit smoking. Um, I'm almost seven months or maybe just over seven months. Um, let's celebrate that. Oh yeah. It's I I get, I have a little app on my phone that like tells me when I hit, you know, new milestones, I just hit 5,000 hours without a cigarette, which, um, is a lot because I have been smoking on and off for literally decades. Um, and this is, I think the longest, except for when I was pregnant and I've gone without smoking, um, which is absolutely ridiculous when I think about it, that I quit for nine months and then I started back up. Um, That's But the biggest thing that, the thing that I changed this time was not, I'm never having another cigarette, Mm. but I'm not having a cigarette today. Ooh, I like that. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing is like, if I tell myself I can never do that again, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, oh, I want to do that. It's this horrible. Instead, if I say, I'm not going to do this today. Today, right Or I'm not going to do this in the next hour, whatever that, you know. And sometimes it is like, not as much now, but in that first month, I mean, it was like, I'm not going to smoke a cigarette in the next five minutes. Yeah. Or I'm not going to go like, and I mean, I have to go get them. So it's like, I'm not going to get in my car. And there were times where I changed how I drove to my kids' school to pick them up. Big. Because I passed, like, my little convenience store. Yeah. Um, And and so it's, like, those also those little changes. Mm -hmm. But now here I am, you know, almost seven months later. I feel better. The amount of money I've saved is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, But... I still, I'm just not going to have a cigarette today. Mm-hmm. And if I change my mind, I can. And I'm not failing because look at how far I came. Yeah. And I know that through my own research, right, whenever we try, especially a habit like smoking, we often need several tries to fully yeah. kick that habit. Many people do, yeah. And I have a friend who he's a runner and when he trains for marathons, he talks about, you know, if I trip and fall at mile eight in my 12 mile training run, I don't have to start at zero. Like I already did those first eight miles. And just cause I had a little trip yep. along the way, whether that meant I smoked a cigarette or you skipped a day at the gym or you forgot to do your 10 pushups, mm-hmm. that doesn't negate all the other work. Yes, that you put love in. That. Love that. And I think that's important to remember mm-hmm. too, is one missed whatever isn't the that end. Doesn't mean we have to give up for sure. And if as so many of us though, we see we think that like, uh, I've already messed that up. So I may as well just yep. keep going down that path. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can also be where that support system comes in. For sure. Like, hey, I missed whatever. Will you help make sure that I get it done next time? Mm -hmm. And for me, when I 
in that beginning, there were people I texted and I was just like, I really want a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I had one friend that was like, no, you don't. I mean, she did it from a very like loving, that's the relationship mm-hmm. that we have. And I had another friend who was like, okay, what's going on? Like, is there some, like, no, I just physically want one. Mm-hmm. Um, and often when I had just said it out loud, I was like, oh no, actually I don't. Like, I just wow. felt like I did. Um, and I went from, Amy, let me tell you, I went from a pack of day to zero in one day. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just, wow. and but these small changes in your, like not small, these, the changes in your thought process. Yes. Right? Because it yeah. went from, I'd always tried to quit before for other people mm-hmm. and for like in other times it was always like, I'm preparing to quit. Like, okay, well, I need to do these things before I can even start the process. Right. And this time it was truly, I was on my way home from dropping my son off. And that was when I usually pick up a pack of cigarettes. And I was like, I'm not going to pick one up today. Wow. I can go back out and get one, but like, just right now I'm not going to. And so let me tell you, withdrawals were terrible, but again, it was instead of waiting I started mm-hmm. and just like oh, you, how much are we holding ourselves back by waiting or getting ready for right right and mm-hmm. sometimes like yes okay so running a marathon right you've got to get ready to run a marathon but you don't need to get ready to get ready to run the marathon well it's also this idea of you know I don't know who's who uses the analogy but you're not eating the elephant in one bite you're not really going to go out and run a marathon in one day with no training and right it's this idea mm-hmm. of what is the one action that you could do and the the action you took the best action you took there was that you say you saying to yourself I'm not going to go buy it right now <laughs> and that was it from yeah. like truly that was More like simple <laughs> right and and I think we often not easy. Take- wellness like our our physical health and these habits like so big that it's you know mm-hmm. well i need to lose a hundred pounds okay well I, I believe i shared this with you when we talked i i've lost over a hundred pounds and here's how i did it i lost five pounds because most of us can lose five pounds and that doesn't feel terribly overwhelming Mm -hmm. or maybe you're on the other side and you need to gain a little weight or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But when I thought, Oh, I just need to lose five pounds. That was easy. But if I had thought of it as I have to lose a hundred pounds, that feels really big. Very big. Yep. But it's those, like you said, like it's the little chunks that, feel manageable mm-hmm. because like you said if you went in with a fork and a knife to try to eat an entire elephant you, you might even look at it and get overwhelmed or mm-hmm. you would eat so much that you were sick and uncomfortable and then you never even wanted to go back and try mm-hmm. to finish it mm-hmm. yep so um it sounds like habits like start small something that's easy to maintain and celebrate those milestones along the way. Yes. Um, And I want to like kind of end with when we talk, well, two things, 
I think that there's a real connection between our physical well-being and our mental well-being. Very much. So it's kind of a chicken or egg. I always ask like physical health affects mental health more or mental health, physical health, or are they just way too intertwined to tease it out? They, they are very, very intertwined. But I mean, in, in all of, a lot of my podcast episodes, I've been talking with people and a, a big piece of the puzzle is the mindset, right? Which is the mind. And so we can do all the other things, but if we're not taking care of the mindset, we're not going to have that high level of success. You might have a few of the, the, things well, well but you're not going to have the whole picture if we're not including the mind so, so what comes first i think either can come first the the point is that you pick you pick the one thing so it for you it was the thought it wasn't a physical action well there was a physical action paired with it of not stopping but, but the thought of not stopping is what caused you not to stop, right? right? So I think it's about picking the one thing that you are like, if I could do this one thing, and maybe it doesn't have it's to thinking differently. Yeah, maybe it's fueling our our brain differently. Maybe it's moving our body. Maybe it's getting better sleep. But it's picking one, though. Um, And sleep. I, I've talked about this over and over. Y'all, sleep. You need to sleep. You can't make it up on the weekend. And this whole, <laughs> I'll sleep when I die. Great. You're oh. going to die sooner if you don't get your sleep. So just yeah. sleep. It's good for you. Also, women tend to need more sleep than men. But as adults, we still need between seven and nine hours. Make it happen. Your body, your mind, your gut, your mm -hmm. everything will, will thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> your heart, your like yes. all the like people just... Do not underestimate the power of sleep and hydration, which are two of the things that you, I think, mentioned in the beginning. Um, and so you did write a book about poop, and I know it's really designed for kids, but... Oh, no. It's my <laughs> it's, sneaky way to get to adults. I love it. Right? Isn't that, I mean, that's, that is a great way to get to parents is through their kids. Um, but our digestive track... Like in our gut health, I think, you know, I've heard several people say over even just the last few weeks, our gut is our second brain. Mm -hmm. So in an effort to keep our first brain healthy, what are some gut things that we can focus on to just get our body in better physical shape and our mind functioning a little better? Amazing. So number one, nobody wants to hear this, but less sugar, right? So instead of saying I'm cutting out all sugar, which is what's going to make people want to have all the sugar to right. say, I'm not going to choose this dessert right now, today in this meal, right? Just making a few steps to have less sugar, um, goes a huge way for our bacteria in our gut. So there are populations of bacteria in our gut that uh, really love sugar and they then populate and populate and populate because we're feeding them all the sugar. So the not good bacteria is getting more and more and more, right? 
ideally we're putting in either high quality probiotics, um, we're putting in foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, um, kombucha, yogurt, those kinds of things that can populate good, healthy bacteria. Um, lots of water, right? Uh, but those are the two big things, right? When we're thinking about our, our bacteria and our gut health mm -hmm. is, is reducing the sugar and uh, adding in more of those foods that can make a difference to grow. Also, there's some really good uh, products out there for boosting the fiber intake that contain prebiotics. So the, the mm -hmm. food that the good bacteria like to eat, <laughs> right? So if right. we feed those guys more, then they can push out the bacteria the other way right. that are no longer serving us and causing problems. So our immune system is connected there, our second brain piece. So if we're having brain fog, if we're having a uh, lack of focus, which is brain, brain fog, I realize, if we're having uh, mood challenges, uh, right. looking at what we're eating, we could be missing a number of different nutrients, adding those types of things in makes a big difference as well. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a vegan and I have been for almost a decade now. And I'm, I have my reasons and some of them are health and some of them are environmental and animal. Like, you know, there's all the reasons. And I also never push that really on anyone. If anyone has questions, more than happy to talk about my whys. But mm -hmm. one of the things that um, I get asked often is, oh, but where do you get your protein? Mm -hmm. And typically, it depends on how snarky of a mood I am in. Um, <laughs> And so I will often have, have a couple answers. My like go-to, if I'm in a good mood, I'm like, you know, you may not know this, but about 95% of Americans are fiber deficient, but almost none are protein deficient. So I would encourage you to check on your fiber intake fiber before steak. you're concerned with my protein intake. Yeah. Now, if I'm a little snarkier, I... Um, I may say something like, I get my protein where your protein gets its protein. Mm. Um, now, that's, of course, not 100% the case, but for the most part, cows are, you know, cows are vegan. Eating plants. Right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's something I say. Or if I'm extra snarky and I'm annoyed, I'm like, well, where do you get your fiber? Um, because here's the thing is, whether or not you eat animal products or not, chances are you're not getting enough fiber. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I just, I mean, 100%. I'm, I'm not even like, and fiber comes to us, like you really need it plant-based. Does yeah. fiber exist outside of plants? I don't know, <laughs> but, but it doesn't take that much to, now if you're eating just lettuce, yes, you are going to eat a lot of lettuce. Yeah. A lot of lettuce. But beans and whole grains yes um other vegetables like mm -hmm. there are so many even fruits, fruits. yeah yep. like there's so many ways to get that and fiber helps keep you full longer mm -hmm. fiber helps your blood sugar stay a little more stable yep. um it helps get the stuff out of your gut and keeps That's things fine. moving yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can help with bloating. 
There's so many great things and probiotics do a lot of that too. Um, And so, yeah, I think that different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But that's the beauty is that like, if you put all of them together, Mm -hmm. it really makes a big difference. Now we did talk about little changes. So yeah, perhaps adding more fiber to your diet is something as simple as I'm going to add one piece of fruit or I'm going to add some carrot sticks or something small to start and then, you know, build it up. And when it comes to fiber more than anything else, really encourage people to kind of document. I'm not always a big fan of like food journals for everything, but in this case, fiber really does affect your whole body. Mm. It affects your heart. It affects your gut. It affects your cholesterol. Um, so yeah, fiber, fiber, probiotics, <laughs> pay attention. Yes. Prebiotics. And that's it. So much of it, even with the, like you said, cut the sugar out, hmm. but what we eat, what we nourish our body with matters. Yes. Um, and, 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 and I don't like saying the, you know, cut word. I like to shift to what can we add that will gradually move us away from not needing the sugar as often, right? So having those fruits, right? We get the natural sugars, mm-hmm. we get that sweetness. If you were to reduce the amount of processed sugar you're having and have something like pineapple, you're going to be like, wow, that's sweet and delicious. Right. But somebody who eats an abundance of sugar may not notice the beauty of a pineapple as much because. Right. Because they're they're, processed. And, and here's the reality is like that processed sugar and all that added fat and salt, it tastes good. And our bodies become accustomed to it. But like you just alluded to, if we, make slow progress mm-hmm. to cut some of that out. We will feel better in the long run and it doesn't have to be an overnight mm-hmm. thing. So um, before we finish up, I just want to like touch on your podcast, which is her podcast is all about people pleasing. It's power mm-hmm. to the people pleaser. Yes. Um, because a lot of us, spend a lot of our time taking care of others and not taking care of ourselves. So I'm going to make sure that I link that below. But um, I also really encourage you all to check that out because you don't have to say yes to everything and saying no is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And huge for your wellness. (laughs) And let me just tell you that like, there's a whole lot of stuff that you don't have to do. Like mm-hmm. other people are capable of doing it for you yeah. or just period. Um, so check it out and like think about some of the things that you can add in little habits and maybe on the other end, little things that you can say no to, to make room for those new habits that will help you meet your wellness goals. So Amy, thank you so much for being here with me. I had such a fun time talking to you. Oh, thank you. Um, So you all can find Amy at her website, which is amyballantine.com. And you can find a link there to schedule a free consultation. Make sure you check out that podcast. You can find it in all the podcast locations. Um, And I'll also have some links to her books um, 
from softball girls to um, pooping. I mean, and yes, everything in between. I poop. love it. That there's <laughs> all of it. Um, and uh, there's also an just some additional resources and links that I'm going to provide that Amy um, has graciously um, offered to provide for our listeners. And with that, we have reached the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and learning more about how uh, mental health and society meet. Now go out and open a conversation and discover how mental health is experienced in your world. You can find more episodes of The Mental Society in all the places you find your favorite podcast. You can also find us on YouTube if you'd rather watch. Um, and please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. And um, make sure that you check out our website. You can find all kinds of other resources there at thementalsociety.com. And remember that you are not alone in your struggles. Hope and help are all around you. And until next time, this is Amanda Dolan, wishing you good health, mental and otherwise.